Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Life Anderson, the executive pastor here. I love that video. I love that video. Is that great job? It's it's tough. It's gritty. It's manly. I I love it. I love it. Um, I just want to start by um, the Lord just kind of prompted me just by thanking um, all of you for just bearing with us during this season, um, doing church. You know, the masks, they're getting old, I know. Even my wife, we're just kind of talking about that. It's, it's still hard at times, um, just the way that we connect. Um, you know, just a number of things that go into this whole COVID thing has really, really been hard. And um, I just want to thank you. Thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for trusting the Lord through this time. Um, and we're just going to continue to to endure the best we can. Um, there's also good things that have come out of this. I mean, a lot of us are learning how to slow down, um, how to connect with God in different ways. But I just um, want to let you know how much I appreciate the ways that you're bearing uh, with us and together as a church. I really, really appreciate that. Well, we've been moving along in this Equip series. We're on our sixth week. And um, I just want to take a step back and review. First of all, go up to 30,000 feet and talk about the book of Ephesians. Uh, Pastor Gill started with that, and I thought it would be good just to refresh our memories that the book of Ephesians, chapters 1 through 4, encourage us in our faith, first of all, to sit. To sit in our identity, to sit in our relationship with Christ and just be. It's got to start there because everything's got to flow from that. Otherwise, things go a little bit crazy if we don't start there. Chapter 5 in Ephesians moves on teaching us how to walk out our faith. Now we start to walk. And now we're in chapter 6 where we've been spending our time, and that's where we learn to stand, to stand up against the schemes of the enemy that may be coming towards us. The focus of our series is that I am fully equipped to step into the arena and meet the demands of life through God's mighty power. And as we've walked through these weeks, we've learned the first week to be strong and to stand firm in God as our strong foundation, that we are already equipped. We have what we need. God's given us that. Secondly, we learn that we do not fight for victory, but from victory. Third, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. We learn that the more aware we are of our armor, the more confident we are in battle. That we don't battle apart from that armor. And then four, the shoes fitted with the gospel of peace and the shield of faith. We learn that we need to move forward even now and even if. Even now in our circumstances. And even if they may get worse. And then last week we talked about the helmet of salvation. That that salvation is God's crowning act. And then the sword of the spirit. The word of God is a weapon but not intended to weaponize others. 
So I don't know if you've noticed as we've walked through the armor that many of the pieces of the armor are to protect and defend us, except two. Last week, we talked about one of them, and that was the sword of the spirit. Remember when Pastor Gill pulled out that cool dagger? My grandson was up here. He said, I like that. I like that dagger. And the second one is what we're going to talk about this morning that moves us on the offensive, and that is prayer. The big idea this morning is this. Prayer is the lifeblood that brings offensive power to the battle. So if the word of God is the sword of the spirit, and Pastor Gill talked about there's a sword and then there's a dagger, there's almost two weapons being talked about. Prayer is like a bomb to the enemy. The greater the prayer, the greater the power that demolishes the enemy's stronghold. And if you mix prayer with fasting, it is like a nuclear bomb. At times, it's needed. Prayer and fasting is needed for stronger opposition from the schemes of the enemy. The disciples were struggling with a, a, a man that had an evil spirit in them and, and in him, and, and they were praying and, and wondering why it wasn't coming out. Let's look at Mark 9, 29. This type of powerful spirit, Jesus said, can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. So there's some things that we've got to connect fasting with our prayers in order to battle with the enemy. So this morning, it's time to roll up our sleeves, brothers and sisters, fellow soldiers. It's time to learn about this final part of our armor that's available to us in prayer. It's time to get on our knees and fight. Paul is bringing a battle cry here. And he has in mind all believers drawing close together, armored in formation like a Roman army that we see right here. Look at that. That's what he has in mind. He wants the body of Christ, the body of believers, to get in formation with all their armor ready for whatever the enemy, enemy may bring to us. And we've got to stay together. It's been so easy to get disunified. But look at that. That's what he has in mind. That's what God wants for us as a body. To be ready with all that armor to be ready with the sword of the spirit and to be ready with prayer. And we need to pray close together like this because when prayer comes like a legion, like an army in the Roman empire, man, it brings power. There's nothing the enemy can do to stand up against that. So Paul is bringing this battle cry. The, the language used here like commands from a general giving it to the army in the Roman Empire. It's short, it's focused, and it's direct. Let's take a look at Ephesians 6, 18 to 20. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, and then stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And then Paul says, pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words. 
so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for both Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Bold words, direct words that he's bringing us to. And these words, just just listen to them. One is all times, 24-7, we need to be on guard in regards to praying, praying 24-7. Every occasion that comes our way needs prayer. We need to stay alert. We need to stay alert to the needed prayers around us. We need to stay alert to the enemy's schemes. And we need to be persistent. We can't give up. We've got to persevere and stay the course. Paul is giving these marching orders to get us laser-focused on prayer. We need to be a praying people. We need to be a praying church. Here at GCC, at Grace Crossing Church, we take prayer very seriously. We've embedded prayer into our values where we say we want to be humbly dependent on God. We want to strive to grow stronger as a praying church that's dependent on God in all that we do. And how does that work itself out here? We've got a prayer team available 24-7 to take requests online or in our weekly email. If you need prayer, get in touch with these prayer warriors on our prayer team. We have one prayer where we meet monthly online to pray for the needs of the church and also personal needs. We've got connection groups that are praying for each other through thick and thin. And God's doing some amazing things through prayer in those groups. We've got elders praying and fasting weekly for urgent requests in our church. We've got ongoing prayer. It's just the way we roll on a Sunday morning, you're going to see it. You're going to see it if you come here during the week in our staff meetings, our one-on-one meetings. Man, we want to care well for the souls of our leaders and our staff here at Grace Crossing Church. And then you. I know many of you are prayer warriors. You're prayer warriors for others. You're prayer warriors for Grace Crossing Church. You take this battle plan here in Ephesians 6 seriously. And I want to thank you. I want to thank many of you that are praying with humble dependence for Grace Crossing Church because we need every prayer. Well, Paul here wants us to take it up a notch. Just, Just kick it up a notch in our prayer lives. And he wants us to focus on three areas. And we're going to look at those this morning. The first area that we're going to look at is we need to be praying for ourselves. Tough for some of you. We're going to get to that. We need to be praying for our global body. It's not just about us right here at Grace Crossing or even in the U.S. This body that we're in stretches all the way around the world. And then thirdly, we're going to pray for leadership. Because Paul at the end says, pray for me, the leader. I need, I need prayer. So let's start with ourselves. First, we got to start with us. We cannot neglect the need for prayer for ourselves. And as I shared before, I know some of you this is hard because you just love praying for other people. And you might even think that it's selfish to pray for yourself. 
But I want to remind us that praying for ourselves is loving ourselves well. We talk a lot about that here at Grace Crossing Church. We talk about loving one another as we love ourselves. And I want to add a twist to that. I want to encourage you to pray for others as you pray for yourselves. Because you can't go any further than where you are and how God is working in your own life. You need those prayers. So here in verse 18, Paul starts by saying this. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. What does it mean to pray in the spirit? Well, I took some thoughts from uh, my wife's trainer and in, in spiritual formation and direction that she's been doing right now. He wrote a, a book. His name is Terry Wardell. And I, I, I read it and I, I kind of added some little twists to it. Um, but basically, to pray in the Spirit means that certain prayers are initiated by the Holy Spirit who is alive in each of us as believers. And in these prayers, you sense God's presence speaking directly to you and your needs and the needs of others that he's putting on your heart. And the Holy Spirit empowers these prayers before God, giving them the necessary force to accomplish the work of the kingdom. When this is happening, it's almost like someone's reading your mail, like, like someone knows what's going on in you and these prayers, this prayer in the spirit, you're just like, whoa. Like God is bringing a connection. It's, it's not the person praying. It's the Holy Spirit moving in this prayer in the spirit. And praying in the spirit takes on a dimension that's noticeably different than normal prayer. There's unusual power that you feel and there's an effectiveness against the strategies of the enemy. And sometimes it'll just come by a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. Because the enemy just wants to get us scared. The, the enemy just wants to take us out. He, it doesn't matter how it is. So that's praying in the spirit. I love Wayne Grudem and, and my systematic theology book. He goes on and he, he gives a little bit more clarity. He says, this sense of God's presence during this time of prayer, it's characterized by these things. Like these are some things you can look for. Around this praying in the spirit, there'll be a power where there's this increased energy as the Holy Spirit leads you in prayer. You, you sense this, this spiritual adrenaline coming. You, you, you sense a love, a, a deep feeling of patience and kindness from God that it's going to be okay. It's going to calm your fears. He goes on to say there, it, it also, it, there's a, there's a, it's characterized by joy. There's a calm inner joy that as you're praying, you just sense like this is right. And there's truth around praying in the spirit. It, it aligns with God's word. It's not gonna take you off course from God's word. And then there's a peace. There's a calm inner confidence that you know this is from God and you sense the warmth of his presence leading you. So as I was 
studying and, and preparing, um, I began to think like, where have I prayed in the spirit or experienced that? And the Lord took me back to when God led <clears throat> our family of five to Kazakhstan. You see, before that, my friend um, John Maurer and I were, were praying, praying for difficult countries. Um, at the time, I was on staff at Northwestern University working with athletes and coaches there. John was the chaplain for the Chicago Bears, and he was training me, so I, I mixed back and forth between the Bears and Northwestern. And, and the Lord just put on our hearts just to begin praying um, for these difficult countries. Some of you may remember the 1040 window. So we began praying through the 1040 window and <clears throat> we began getting a sense like God was, was leading and God was moving. And we met a man from uh, Kazakhstan, a young man that came to visit um, our country and basically shared that he would like someone to come to train him. And at the time we we're at this summer conference for athletes in action or all of Campus Crusade for Christ. And um, we're in this large auditorium. The speaker was speaking and um, at the time, there was resistance from our wives. Like, I mean, wouldn't any wife not want to bring their three kids halfway around the world to a country they don't even know where it is and they don't even know how to spell it? And I can honestly say I didn't even know how to spell it right at the beginning. So th there's just a lot of fear and like life. You know, John, like, what are you thinking to go way over there? And so we're at this conference of speakers speaking and he gets going on you need to biggie size your faith. Like we biggie size our Coke, we biggie size our fries, we biggie, you need to biggie size your faith. He was talking about his work among um, the, the American Indians and, and how difficult that was. And he was calling us to be open to go wherever God would lead. And so at the end of his talk, he just began praying and he said, if anybody out there is sensing God leading them to move to a difficult place, I want you to stand right where you are. And John and I were sitting there and, and it was just, you know, in our wives and we're looking around and people are standing up all over. And in our hearts, John and I, I mean, we kind of knew where God was leading us and we're just kind of sitting there and, you know, we're kind of praying like, Lord, are you going to, are you going to move in our wives? And, and all of a sudden, Jean gets up and then Missy, John's wife gets up and I can't tell you the ecstatic joy inside that I felt like, man, Lord, because I, our prayer was, Lord, if this is going to work, you got to bring our wives to this place because certainly we don't want to go anywhere without them coming and, and them being at a place in their hearts. And, and so there's this joy, there's this, there's this power. Like, I mean, I saw my, I was like, I, I wasn't like expecting it, you know? And there's also a love in it in the sense of, there's a patience in the process. Like we weren't forcing it. Neither John and I wanted to force it. We knew God had to move in our wives' lives to get us to this place. And then as we, our wives stood up, John and I stood up, and I just knew inside, like nobody said anything. I just knew we're going. We're going to Kazakhstan. Because the spirit inside just gave me that piece of assurance like 
this is it. Like, there's a lot of details to work out, like money to be raised and, you know, putting our house up for rent. I mean, all, there's a lot of things to go into that. But I just kind of knew by that supernatural piece that I was explaining, that it's go time. It's time. And within a year, we were in the country of Kazakhstan, halfway around the world. Um, we spent two years training up national leaders and spreading the gospel through sports ministry there a country that's 90% Muslim. We saw many come to Christ. It's a difficult place to see people come to Jesus. They got to turn away a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of stuff, more stuff than what we're used to. And, and I'm going to share in a moment as we move on here about praying for the global body. I'm going to share a little bit more, more of what's happening there, but God continues his work in the country of Kazakhstan. But that was, that was a time where I sensed praying in the spirit from that speaker and what God was doing in me and John and and Jean and Missy. And I just want to bring all of us into what does this mean to pray in the spirit on all occasions? I want to move us to a time of prayer here. And, And the two areas that I think are essential to pray in the spirit is first of all, surrender that we are willing to lay down everything before God and say whatever, whenever, and wherever. And and Isaiah had that posture. Isaiah in Isaiah 6 said, the Lord said, whom shall I send? Who will go for me? Isaiah said, here am I, send me. He was surrendered. We need a posture of surrender. And then the second one is sight. Spiritual sight. We, we've been praying about this in our service in Ephesians 1.18 that, that God would enlighten the eyes of our heart to see how God sees. To, to sense his presence. To to sense the spiritual battle around us, to sense whatever it is that he wants to open our eyes to, to be able to see that. So right now, I'd just like you to close your eyes and quiet yourselves. And I want you to pray those two prayers. I want you to pray to God, here am I, send me. God, I'm willing to go wherever, whenever, and do whatever for you. Ask him. Ask him to bring a posture of surrender to you. Whatever you're doing, it it may not be going to another country like us. It may just be what he has in front of you that you need to surrender to him. Maybe in your family, at work, in your neighborhood. Surrender that to him. And that you're willing to move wherever he may lead you. And then the second one, pray that that God would enlighten the eyes of your heart. That you would sense his presence. That you'd be able to see as he sees the unseen and not just the scene. Ask him for those 
those eyes to see even the, the spiritual battle that can be around us at times. And Father, I come in and <clears throat> pray the same thing. I, I pray even going back to when I sensed you leading me to Kazakhstan. I'm still in that same place. I want to be in that same posture. Here am I, send me with whatever you have in front of me. And I pray that you'd enlighten the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see and experience your presence in the unseen. I pray that for myself. I pray that for my brothers and sisters this morning that we would take the time to pray for ourselves in these places so that we can pray in the spirit on all occasions. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, next, Paul goes to the second area of prayer, and that is for the global body. In Ephesians 6.18, the second part of 6.18, he says this, stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. All. Everywhere. We are part of a global family that stretches from here in North America, below us in South America, to Europe, to Africa, to Asia, Australia, and Oceania, the Pacific Islands, all around the world. We got brothers and sisters. We've got family. Paul does not want us to forget that we're a part of this global family. That we've got brothers and sisters of every tribe, every tongue, every culture, and that we need each other. And we need to be for each other. You know, through the internet, cell phones, and FaceTime, it's really easy to connect with people all around the world. But it's so easy. I know for me, it's so easy to get distracted with all that's happening just in my own personal life. And then just, and then just what's happening in our country. It can be very distracting. And we can forget that there's other countries out there. We've got brothers and sisters out there that really need our prayers. You know, in, in most countries, they do not have the number of believers that we do here in the U.S. So they need our prayers. They need our support. And here Paul is saying, be alert. Don't lose sight. Keep your head on a swivel here. Don't lose sight. Don't get distracted right here in the U.S. Know that there's brothers and sisters that need your prayers around the globe to help you, to help them in this spiritual battle. You know, when I was on staff with Campus Crusade, I got to travel a lot. I went in and out of a lot of different countries. And what I sensed as I moved in and out of those countries was the spiritual battle, like, like almost like a spiritual oppression. I mean, one that's, there's a number of countries that stand out to me, but the one that I will share that I was in and out of a lot was Turkey. And Turkey, for whatever reason, I just felt this heaviness spiritually. You know, Turkey, 
bridges Europe and Asia, but it's a, it's a really difficult country to live out your faith in. And as I was in and out of there, and in fact, what typified it for me is I had to get up real early to go to the airport uh, one morning and it was still dark. And as I was traveling to the airport, like the mosques that I saw in the background were like green. They had this green light coming from them. And I just sensed like the battle. I mean, God just spoke to me life. This, this country is in a lot of spiritual battle. And it just prompted me to pray for some of the brothers and sisters that I know there in Turkey. But we also went there for a lot of meetings from other different countries and just praying for, for other folks to, and, and countries that are even worse than Turkey uh, to live out their faith. So I share that to, to just heighten your alertness that it's different. It's different from here in the U.S., and our brothers and sisters need our prayers and they need us to be alert. The, the second thing that Paul stresses here is to be persistent. Don't give up. Stay at it. it this is important for the kingdom. We need to recognize that this will be taxing. This will require something from us that we need to persevere in to, to engage in this global spiritual battle that Paul is calling us to. So I, I wanna encourage you, if you're not already doing this, or maybe some of you um, are doing this or used to do this, but I, I want you to set aside time to pray for a brother or a sister in the global body, as Paul is, is encouraging us to do. And as I shared, I, I know this is gonna require effort. I'm doing this right now, um, there's a, a, a man that, he was a young man when I, when I met up with him and I, I referred to him earlier was, his name is Arman Aaron Baev and he's in Kazakhstan. Um, it's a country of, of Central Asia and uh, I ran up to him 20 years ago when he was just fresh out of college, came from a communist atheistic family. There's no... Christianity there. He came to faith in Christ and he was the one that came to the U.S. and actually just shared a vision and said, I need, I would love someone to come over to Kazakhstan to help train me to do sports ministry in my country. And I have a picture of him and uh, my buddy John here. Look at that young guy there. Stare, I got my Northwestern uh, t-shirt on there, but you know, I'm to the left there, John to the right. And that's Armand. That's Armand as a young guy right out of college just wanting to, to live for Jesus, wanting to bring the gospel to a place that's 90% Muslim, very, very difficult. Um, and it was through him that we started up Athletes in Action that moved from Kazakhstan into all the other Central Asian countries except for one. So it was just, it was just incredible. And, and now, um, let me show a picture of you with him now. Now he's a, a dad. He's a, he's a husband. He's got three little ones there. Um, and uh, he's a pastor in Kazakhstan. And uh, he's been a pastor for a number of years. And, and just um, Friday, I FaceTimed him. Him and, him and I have started to FaceTime each other. It's pretty cool, like I said before, you know, just with technology to be able to connect that far away. And uh, FaceTime him, FaceTimed him, and, and he's going through a rough time right now as a pastor. He's reaching burnout. He's dealing with a lot of conflicts um, in the church. 
um, even in with his elders, his leadership. And, you know, it broke my heart. And he said, life, is there any way that we can continue to meet just monthly, just connect, just to, to pray together and, and, uh, and just for support? And, and I said, yes, I, I would love that. Um, so, so what I'd like to do right now is, is I want to practice what I preach. I want to pray for my brother Armand, who's halfway around the world. The, the country of Kazakhstan borders Russia, China, the Caspian Sea, and then to the south, some of the other Stan countries. But I, I want to pray for him. I want to pray for him together. And, and along with praying for him, I, I want to pray uh, for another um, very important uh, thing that's happening in our country, and that's the Asian American community that's, that's, that's dealing with a lot of injustice right now. I mean, you know that, that we as a church are, are about oneness, and, and uh, we speak up a lot about some of the injustice in the black community. Well, I want to speak up and to share my, my sadness and my anger to our Asian American community right now. You guys are not being treated well, and they're our brothers and sisters. And I want us to unite like that picture, that army. I want us to pray for them. If, if you know an Asian American, I, I want you to draw close to them and get close to them and find out how you can pray for them and support them. But, but we need each other. We need each other in this fight. So join with me as I pray for Armand and, and, and for our, our Asian American brothers and sisters. Father, I thank you for the calling that you've put on Armand, Lord. And he's persevered under so much persecution there in Kazakhstan. Um, not only as a, a missionary and, and bringing the gospel when he was a part of Athletes in Action, but now as a pastor. Um, he's facing a lot in his church. And I, God, I pray for shalom. I pray you'd bring peace to these conflicts. I pray you'd bring peace to these elders. God, I pray that you'd bring strength and courage to Armand and his family as he's, he's very weary. I pray he'd come to you and draw from your strength, draw from your love, draw from your spirit all that he needs right now. He needs a fresh touch from you, Lord God. Strengthen him. Strengthen him to lead and to shepherd as you've called him, Lord. And then I want to pray for my, my Asian American brothers and sisters that are dealing with injustice, that are not being treated well. Lord God, I pray for us as a body, as brothers and sisters, that we would love them well, that we would pray for them, that we would feel what they feel, that we would stay in touch and be available to do what you're calling us to do there. So Lord, thank you. Thank you that you have us in a global body. It's not just Americans. It's a body that reaches all the way around the world, Lord God. You want your gospel to touch every nook and cranny of this world. And I thank you for that. And pray that you'd strengthen us as a worldwide body. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, the third and final area that Paul wants us to focus on is, is leadership. And as leaders, we need your prayers. I'll say that just personally. And I want to thank you 
for many of you that are praying for us as a leadership team. I wanna, I wanna thank you for praying for our elders, praying for Dale, for Taurus, for Marlon, for myself and Pastor Gill. We need your prayers as we lead. I wanna thank you for praying for our staff team, praying for Lindsay and Alicia, Zach, JT, Debbie, Lydia, and myself and Gil. I wanna thank you for praying for our connection group leaders. They need your prayers. Other ministry leaders here at at GCC, we need your prayers. And I thank you for those that are praying, especially and specifically for those of you that are praying for Gil and Kelly right now on their cancer journey. As you've heard many times, they're so grateful for your prayers. You guys, as a body, we are lifting them up and supporting them in a very, very powerful and special way. And I want to add, you know, along the last few weeks, uh, the elders have gotten up and Gil shared last week about just the decision that we've come to. I want to put my elder cap on here. The, the decision that we've came, come as elders, sensing where Gil is at, sensing where his energy level is at, to give him some space to step back from some of his speaking responsibilities. You know, I get to see him in the day-to-day. And I was amazed of how much energy is expelled from getting up here and preaching Sunday in and Sunday out. And um, I just really noticed as he took a step back, he had a lot more energy for other leadership things other meetings. I know last week he said he doesn't like meetings, so that might be part of the drain on him. I don't know. But, but, but he has more energy to be a lot more present um, with us as a staff team, with us as elders. And um, this has really, really helped him. It's really, really helped him. I, I've seen that firsthand. So um, I just want to affirm that decision of our elders. I mean, obviously I was a part of it, but um, I just appreciate your understanding. I know some of you, that'll be really hard. It'll be a loss because Gil is a gifted speaker and you're gonna miss you know, hearing from him. That's one of the big reasons why you come to church here. And, and so I, I want you to bring that before the Lord too. Like, like Lord, I wanna bring that I'm gonna miss that. And, uh, but, I, but I do wanna encourage you, um, just let's continue to draw together during this time too because we really need to draw together as a church uh, during this this difficult season, but I um, I just want to let you know that um, I'm all behind it. I see it as a way of really loving them well, and I uh, Gil has vocalized it over and over again, not only here but you know day to day and in our meetings, how much he appreciates um, just the support and the love from the elders that he's receiving. So. Anyway, back to leadership. So Ephesians 6, 19 through 20. Here's what Paul says about leadership. Here's what I want you to pray for me. He said, pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words, okay? Clarity, so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for both Jews and Gentiles alike. That's the oneness. This, this good news, this gospel's for everybody, I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassadors. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. So here Paul as a leader is asking for prayers in two areas. Clarity. Pray that I'll have the right words to boldly explain this gospel. It's tough sometimes. It's a mystery to explain this. And especially to explain it to different cultures and different people groups. But pray that I will be able to clearly communicate the message. 
be a clear communicator. All of us as leaders want to be clear communicators. We want to make sure that those that we're leading know exactly where God's leading us and bring that to others. The second one is persistence. He says, I want to pray that I'll keep speaking boldly for God, to stay persistent, to stay bold in my communication of the gospel. So, so this persistence comes that we need to be able to, com- leaders want to communicate even difficult messages, even messages that God lays on their heart that are going to be hard for people to receive. He's praying for persistence and boldness as he shares. And then I think it's very interesting to note what Paul doesn't ask prayer for. You notice he doesn't ask to be set free. He doesn't ask to be released from prison. I find that so intriguing that in verse 19, Paul wasn't asking for those things to be removed, but he's asking that he would continue to speak fearlessly for Christ in spite of prison, in spite of the difficult circumstances. And I think here in leadership, Paul is saying that God can use us in any circumstance to do his will. And don't always think when it gets hard that the right prayer is to get out of it. Because God might want to use you in the midst of it. He might want to do something in you and through you as he's doing in Paul here. So we've got to be really careful when we start praying for God to change our circumstances. Even come with surrender to that. Say, God, before I say, get me out of this, because the fire's turning up and it's getting, what do you want me to do in that? What do you want to teach me in this? Or what do you want to do through me in this before you may move me out or you may not. And in this, I see Paul praying for, without bringing it up, he's praying for endurance to continue in ministry despite the difficulties. To be able to communicate even when circumstances are hard. And I I can say for us as leaders right now in the season that we're in, we could really use that. We could really use that during this this difficult season that that we would be able to endure, that God would strengthen us with endurance as leaders during this time. So three areas that you can be praying for us as leaders. Clarity with the gospel message, but even just with communication as God leads us. Persistence that we would stay at it boldly, even though it may be difficult to share. And then thirdly, endurance, to endure even though the circumstances aren't what we'd like and they're really, really difficult. And I've asked Dale, Dale's gonna come up and pray for those three areas for us as a leadership team. And then um, he's just gonna lead us um, towards the worship time. Pray together. Father God, we're so grateful for the gift of prayer, Lord. 
for this message overall, Lord, that reminds us that that gift is not just one for us, Lord, but it's the power on which we change the world, Lord. Specifically now, Lord, we pray for leadership. Lord, we pray for leadership in the body, around the world, as we saw with Herman, and just the struggles that are out there in so many different places. Well, Lord, we pray for the leadership in the body of this nation. Lord, but in the end, we live through this body, through GCC, Lord. And we thank you so much for the staff that you've given us and the leaders that they are for the ministries, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of being part of the elders. Lord, but in each of those areas, there is a need to understand the opportunity in the moment we're in to proclaim the gospel and the responsibility we all have at supporting them as they teach us to be a part of that clarity of message, Lord. I'd ask that you would and provide persistence, Lord, in the sharing of that message, Lord, as even as it gets caught up in the day-to-day activities and conflict that surround us, that we would come back to the core message that is so profoundly reflected in this week, Lord, that you are our Savior. You have done everything for us we need. Lord, allow us the clarity of that that brings hope to any situation, Lord. And finally, Lord, as we walk through these things, particularly those in ministry day to day, Lord, there's a need for an undergirding to provide the endurance, Lord. Or there's the suffering that comes from situations, Lord, like Gil and Kelly's, or it's just the drain that is the emotion and physical role that you've called those in ministry to, Lord. I ask you to be encouraging of all of them and us in a way that allows us to run the race, Lord. Run it and see it through to the finish, Lord. We thank you for the message this morning and the incredible power of prayer. We'd ask you that we keep that in our hearts, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.